Hello and welcome to Los Podcast Hermanos. I am your host, Tyler Dumont, along with the ever-illustrious, once again, Kyle Perez. I'm even more illustrious today, Tyler, than I was last week. Do you feel like it? Absolutely. It... You know why I think that is? Why is that? Because it is your birthday, my friend. Happy birthday. Thank you. That's correct. It is my birthday. We are recording on a, my birthday on a weird day for us. Typically we record on Fridays, yeah. and today is a Wednesday. And we typically record in the evenings, but uh, we're recording this during working hours for me. <laughs> Don't tell your boss. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to listen to this. No, I, I, I got everything open in another, uh, another window and able to monitor as, I'm, as I need to. But h- how have things been? Uh, what have you done to celebrate? Uh, I made a cup of coffee in my old French press. What, what, kind of, what kind of creamer do you got going on there? What? What? No creamer, dude. It's a black coffee. Mm, I've never been able to relate. It's delicious. It tastes like bitter deliciousness. Okay. So, you like IPAs, right? It's yes. kind of like it's kind of like that. It's not mm. really at all, but. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm drinking this morning. No, yeah. no IPAs or four roses <laughs> for me today. Yeah, a little, little bit early. Um, I meant to grab a, a glass of water, but I did not. So I'm just going to get uh, more and more thirsty as we talk. Got to hydrate, but I guess yeah. not, not today. Not for you. Yeah. Not, not for me. Uh, so you got your coffee mm-hmm. and what else? Uh, I got water. <laughs> I would share <laughs> no, with you, but, no. uh, <laughs> I mean, like in terms of, of your birthday, uh, things, uh, so yesterday I got a cinnamon roll from Solid. like a local bakery and a, and a snickerdoodle cookie that Ooh. I think I sent you a picture of. It was massive. I you you were kind enough to give your hand as a reference size. Yeah, and it was basically object. bigger than my hand. All right. But I had a bite of the cinnamon roll this morning. It's it's also massive, like that cookie. So mm-hmm. I plan on eating the rest of that later this morning for. A sweet breakfast. I don't for, normally do a sweet breakfast. For the big three, four. Yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? Jesus. <laughs> someone told hey. someone at work informed me that I'm in my mid thirties now, and I was that, like, not quite. Not until you hit thirty five. No, I mean, like, if it's not like there's one year where you're in your mid thirties. Nope that that's the definition. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like yeah. they, they explained it. To, as you know your early 30s is you know 30 to 33 and then uh-huh. 34 35 36 is mid 30s yeah, and yeah. then late 30s and so yeah. on you may as well be dead at that point <laughs> yeah because like what else is there to live for after your late 30s or mid 30s i don't know but it just this is getting dark <laughs> uh on a different more light-hearted i guess note um <laughs> I see in our group chat with Cliff that there is some news from the Menzingers, or at least there's there's supposed to be, but I have not had the chance to see what that is. Oh, um, did you not get it from the message though? Like the the posting that was sent. Yeah, it was just like 
today's date and just like on the impossible past so i'm guessing it's like a either a release or a tour around the album or something i mean yeah that that's it exactly there oh, i thought they already did one no i it, i guess it's been 10 years since that album came out and they're doing it at fest oh yes I'm happy about that. <laughs> you don't sound happy. You sound more confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had to process it because now I'm like, I hope they still play like an encore of other songs or something. Or yeah, I, it's I, a short enough album that they should be able to. I would think so. And also, I think they're doing two sets as well was oh. also announced. So there's probably going to be an On the Impossible Pass set and then a okay. more traditional Regular. set. Yeah. Well, my anticipation for Fest just went up, you know, tenfold, I think. Yeah. Just just with them being involved in general, but getting two sets from right. them. Right, yeah. Uh, on that same note, I just saw a band that we saw at Fest last year three times. Kali Masi? I did see Kali Masi again, yeah. How were they? They were really good, and it was in this club, and there was like 10, 15 people, and it was pretty dope. Sweet. And they were rocking out, and I was enjoying it. Did you uh, talk to them afterwards and be like, I'm your biggest fan? Yeah, I did. I talked to the... So I actually tweeted at them a few days before the concert, and I was like, you got any of that hot sauce left? Are you bringing any on tour? And they're like, yeah, we're bringing some. And then they contacted me back and said, we're selling out of it, it seems like. There's a lot of... a lot of people are buying it. And I'm like, they're like, did you want us to like hold you a bottle? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you have one in Eugene, that's great. If not, mm-hmm. you know, I've had it before. Let someone else try it. But you're they, so selfless. I, I know. I know. But they did end up having a bottle of their hot sauce. So I went to the merch table and talked to, I don't know if you know the lead singer's name, but you might get a kick out of it. His name is Sam Porter. <laughs> that that is such a coincidence. I know. Uh and you know, Sam Porter Bridges, I need to play that game so bad. I want to play it so bad. So for anyone listening who's not deep in the Kojima universe, Kojima verse. Uh, the Kojima verse, uh he has a game called Death Stranding. Uh, this is the guy who uh basically spearheaded the Metal Gear Solid franchise for most of his career. Um, so I, I, on that note, I will say you should play it because um, I got the director's cut. Yeah. And, you know, just uh, even just for the, the haptic feedback, whatever mm-hmm. on the, on the PS five controller and the updated resolutions and all that. It's very enjoyable, very relaxing at times. Yeah. It yeah. like, it's also batshit crazy. And you do you have it already? Or no, I, I have not played it at all. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I know about it is like people that were huge fans of Metal Gear Solid and mm-hmm. his other his other games and stuff uh, didn't like it that much generally. Yeah. Um, but it seems like there's been I, I think people were a little confused as to like what that game was going to be. It's going to be a yeah. strand game and like whatever that kind of <laughs> means. But hey, we're, uh, we're living in a strand world these days. It seems that way, based off of my interpretation of what a strand game is. It can be anything you want to be at this point. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, the we're gonna kill somebody and they're gonna 
become a supernova or whatever the heck. Like they yeah crater out or whatever. I don't know. What Brown out or something. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. That that game just seems bonkers in a way that like I don't know if people are more accepting of it now because they have a better understanding of it or if it because yeah i think it was marketed to like appeal to like metal gear people yeah of course and yeah like it's one of his games but i think once the gameplay was kind of like kind of being discovered like no Mm -hmm. one really expected it to be what it was so it was like a little yeah uh, i mean they did have like some gameplay um like i don't want i think i guess you'd call it like a presentation i remember mm-hmm. i remember giant bomb like reacting to it and like it was up front like this is what you're doing in this game you're delivering stuff right but i, but I think still people it, like had expectations as they they're gamers as they always do <laughs> like they they just build something up in their head i mean i have i have a bone to pick with nerd culture in general about that but agreed um where they just create their own expectations out of thin air and because they're all hyped about whatever they've created in their head that becomes a disappointment now when the thing that was never you know never promised to be the thing that they built expecting, up yeah is different so uh, but I think it, yeah, I think it's also it's two things. It's people now being used to what it, what it is and can appreciate it for what it is, right? But also the quality of life things that have been added, yeah, because of the director's cut. Um, I think make people enjoy it a little more, and so it went from being Dan Reichert's like most hated game to like one of his games of the year <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I, I are you referencing the Fire uh, Escape podcast thing where? They yeah. bit, we're talking about it and stuff and well, i don't how, know if he i don't know if he actually put it on his list but i remember I, I, him being like total turnaround i love this game now <laughs> yeah it, and i remember they wanted to put it on the like the podcasts like uh-huh. uh top 10 list but mary kish was like nah it didn't come out this year <laughs> which well, i thought i the thought director's cut did <laughs> i i know and I, I just think that was like a funny like bit that they really stuck to of like it didn't come out this year. It was already released, and but it wasn't. I'm a. I'm not gonna say it. I was about to say I'm a both sides guy. Of course but you are. W- with that argument, <laughs> like I see both, like uh, both of it. Like you yeah. know, it did come out this year, but also it was already out, and they just like made changes to it, basically. So, yeah, not not exactly a new release. Well, the the way the criteria I've always uh, seen it as is. Um, if it has a new SKU that you can purchase that was released in a different year, that's a new release. It has new content. It has different things about it. You know, it's I don't. That's kind of yeah. The only thing that that of it. breaks down in my head is when they have like, this is the game with all the DLC. It's like that's not really new. It's just repackaged. So yeah, but it wasn't. That's not what they did. Like they. Well, I, I know. DLC. I know for They're this like, game. I know oh, okay. that's not the You're case. You're saying in general. Yeah, like when that's where that kind of gets into like a gray area of it. Did it release new yeah. or is it just repackaged content altogether? Yeah. Well, uh, what do you say that we start talking about this show called Better Call Saul? 
I mean, that is what our podcast is nominally about. Sometimes, occasionally. <laughs> uh, we have episode six this week called Axe and Grind. Uh, and uh, as you mentioned uh, here in the notes, uh, I think it is interesting that all the episodes have a blank and blank naming scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know where that comes from. Like, what's the inspiration for that each time? Because it seems like every season has a different um, style naming scheme. Yeah. Uh, I don't know either. It, it's one of those things where it's like, it's we've been seeing it happen every week and like there hasn't really been anything to like uh-huh. talk about with it and i still don't know that there totally is but it's i think it's worth at least calling out and being like what is it i kind of wonder if uh it's born out of like maybe they have a really good episode title like near the end and then now they're <laughs> like oh what if we make all of them fit this format right you know is it just but... breaking bad and better call Saul? <sighs> That would be that would be a dumb title. <laughs> but I could see you know, actually actually oh dude. So you know how in Breaking Bad the the episode where you meet Saul is called Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. What if there's an episode somehow maybe on the second half of the season called Breaking, Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad. Hmm. But then they'd have to ditch this naming convention. Well maybe this naming convention is only for the first half of the season. You know, you might be onto something. Total, total speculation. If you could see me, I'm I'm pointing at Kyle to be like, you're on the nose, buddy. Yeah, but I don't really know what overall they're actually going to end up doing. They could do just about anything that, with yeah. that naming scheme. So, Well, this one, uh, as we mentioned, is Axe and Grind, and, and we'll uh, soon discover why the word Axe is in there. I'm not sure why the Grind is in there. Maybe it's just like... the jimmy's on the grind you know like having business but um it opens with a a first time not a first time a second uh viewing of young kim in one of these uh flashbacks have we seen the young kim before yeah dude you really need to rewatch this show man yeah i'm bad (laughs) Uh, there, there was an episode like a few seasons ago where it's young Kim, like refusing to be driven home by her mom. Who's like drunk and she's like preferring to walk home outside in the cold. And she's like, you know, you need to stop being so ridiculous. Right. And yeah. So this one, uh, I believe they used the same actress to play her mom, Mm -hmm. which I got to say, like whoever they, they picked for that, it does an incredible job of kind of like almost mimicking her mannerisms and style of speaking as Kim. Oh yeah. Yeah. As an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but she basically, uh, catches or she gets told about, uh, Kim shoplifting. Yeah. Uh, and when she finds out she's not happy, but no. it's kind of a ruse, but we'll kind of get to that. Cause when she first was like uh, confronting Kim and the other guy, Mr. Pearson, the store manager of Source. Oh, look at you pulling out the name. Yeah, I I I wrote a lot more notes during this I episode do, than see. <laughs> we've previously used, and they're all kind of like stream of consciousness. And I just happened to put 
Mr. Pearson's yeah. name in there. Okay. But uh, <laughs> uh, when the mom finds out, she's like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This like, what happens now? And she just kind of like, they kind of like work through the whole situation. And the store manager, Mr. Pearson is like, we'll let, we'll let this slide. Usually we have to call the cops if it's over $20. And yeah, basically well, like Kim's yeah. mom is, is trying to, to pay for it is like, how much is it with tax? And yeah, as she's like trying to figure out and, and it becomes clear to Mr. Pearson that, you know, it, it's going to come down on Kim. Like she said, like this comes out of your allowance, however long it takes to pay it back. And he's like, then starts to feel bad. And is like, really, it's okay. Don't, yeah. don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. Which um, I think at that point, then, you know, we know at that point uh, that, uh, the mom is maybe that's when I got the first inkling that she was up to something like, like trying to pay for it. Well, like just once that kind of came up and everything that mm-hmm. was like, Oh, like something's like a little weird here. Like, you know, just trying to like pay her way out of it type of mm-hmm. thing. And I didn't quite think it was where it was going, but I was just like, something is, something is weird is going to happen. Basically. Yeah, I I kind of took it for what it was. I thought like, you know, she, she obviously her mom didn't have a lot of money on her at the time, uh, and it was clear that like they don't have money uh, in general uh, mm-hmm. because in her comment to Kim uh, saying like your, your allowance is going to pay for this, and she says like ten years, however long it has to take, and I'm like to pay for thirty five dollars or something. Yeah. So I feel like that's further illustration of their financial state. Right. Um, You know, and further um, giving us light on, you know, who Kim is and where she comes from. But we find out, as you said, that it's all a ruse uh, as they're walking outside. Um, Yeah. I I can't quite recall what exactly she says to give it away, aside from just giving her the, the very thing that she stole. Yeah, I, she kind of walks out and she like uh is like smiling and seems to be like pretty like proud of herself, you know? Mm-hmm. Almost like to me she kind of orchestrated the whole thing to have Yeah, for a split second I wondered if the whole thing was was planned. Oh yeah, I think that was I think it was absolutely planned because that just further illustrates that they're into this scheming lifestyle and that that's mm-hmm. kind of she's being shown how to like how manipulate to these people into like, you know, whatever situation to get what mm. she wants. That just, is, to, just to fuck with people. That does make more sense. Cause originally I thought like, Oh, the guy said that the, the clasp was broken on the necklace. So they're obviously not going to take it back and sell it. So I, I just assumed they gave, they gave her the thing. So I, you know, and that they gave her the necklace and the earrings and that was, you know, her mom's way of being like, well, here you got what you wanted. Like, mm-hmm. you know, good for you kind of thing. Are you happy <laughs> now? Um, but, but yeah, as you, as we talk about it more, it, it does seem like maybe that was the whole point. That was the intent of it. Yeah. She gets her scheming ways from mom. Yeah. Um, and one thing to note before we move off of that topic did you notice uh, which earrings those were? They show it very briefly. I did not. Are they? 
they're the exact same earrings that she always wears that they've made a point of showing in past episodes. Those like uh-huh. triangles that she like points down. I don't know if I even really <laughs> remember those at all. Well, but... all right, yeah. For anyone listening, I'm not that detail oriented. <laughs> Uh, that I'm paying attention to her earrings. There's an episode in one of the early seasons where they show her um, showering and getting ready at a gym across the street from their office. Mm-hmm. And they make a point to have like this close up on her, like using earrings. Th- those earrings and, and pointing them a specific direction. Mm-hmm. So that, that stuck in my head. And then I realized like, Oh, she's literally always wearing those. Like, always and i wonder if that like i feel like she's also got a necklace that she's always wearing but i don't really yeah, I don't recognize know. it or like i don't really have it in my head but i can imagine that also being this yeah, necklace probably the same one yeah um but you know that that's where the episode begins uh they do make a point of of holding on the nebraska license plate on the car yeah um but i but i do think it was already it was already uh, revealed or stated that she was from Nebraska. I, I think in the previous flashback, gotcha, uh, or in another one. Uh, I don't know, but maybe that comes into play with Gene in the future, and where he might flee to from. Uh, or he's in Omaha. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe Kim yeah. went back home, and now he's gonna find her or something. Well, like maybe that's part of why he wants to own the Cinnabon in Omaha. Like, that's why that, like, comes up at all in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's because yeah. he knows, like, that's where Kim's from, and he knew that, for whatever reason, she's going back there. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, uh, which, by the way, we have, I want to say, six episodes left? Or that's... no, we, ha- we have seven episodes left. And we have one more episode before a break. Exactly. Interesting. So, lots to lots to cover in those episodes. Yeah, um, I think we'll get D Day here, and I think that might right be the like finale. some big event that, like a time switch or you know, yeah, something like that. But anyway, that's getting a little ahead of the cart ahead of the horse here. Yeah. Um. So after the title sequence. Uh, we transition to Howard, which I think is the first time we've seen anything about his personal life. I believe and I, so. And I think it's intentionally done, at least the way I felt about it. I felt bad for him. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, he was kind of shitty to Jimmy, but then, like, and all we've seen uh, after, uh, you know, Chuck passing and all that is Jimmy just like, giving him shit all the time like won't leave him alone basically yeah and now they're doing this uh and we see um you know him talking to him making a very uh nice latte for his presumably wife who just fucking dumps it in a in a mug to go a literal peace offering yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh you know they kind of illustrate how non-communicative non-communicative that mm-hmm. relationship is with his wife because basically he hands her this peace offering he's like this is for you she says nothing about it she's talking about some like fundraiser or whatever and he's like 
uh we can do like if you want to go to it i can go to it yeah both go to it question mark and she's like no no i'll go it's fine (laughs) oh by the way you know she says something about like visiting uh, some you know the someone's yeah presumably another couple and going to dinner or whatever you're gonna have the house to yourself this weekend just so you know yeah and one thing i did notice as i rewatched it last night um and i like had to turn on the captions because i didn't catch this the first time when she first walks in and is like how did you sleep um or or he said he, he slept fine or something and then she says um yeah, I know you said the mattress was was bad out there. Yeah. Meaning they're not even sleeping in the same room. Yeah, exactly. Same bed. So, you know, gives give that gives a uh glimpse into his uh unfulfilled <laughs> unfulfilling marriage, I guess, and yeah. he's just trying to keep on a brave face and now also has to deal with Jimmy, but yeah. Yeah, the thing that I, the big question, I there's two things with this scene that, like, brought up questions that we haven't addressed yet is, I don't, I was unsure if this was the same week that Howard canceled, and he seems to be getting ready for work. So I was like, what's going uh, on here? I think that week's already happened. That well, was that, the, that, that, the I mean, that, in watching it, I wasn't sure. Well, actually, you know what? I take that back, because I know... There's that shot of like their plan, and mm-hmm. it's I think it, it's only been seven days. Like each step is is one day, right? So um, it's been six days, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, he tells his wife about Jimmy, and he's yes. like, "There are things that you might hear, but don't worry about it. I'm taking care of it," <laughs> which mm-hmm. is like a it's... weird like I'm a drug addict <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> Right, like I I, I know I'm doing something about it. Uh, (laughs) yeah, like he could could have very well been specific about like what Jimmy's doing and like the rumors he's spreading and like if you hear this, just know that that's because of Jimmy. But he's so vague about it, like you might hear something. Yeah, just know I'm taking care of it, and it's like it's your your wife, man. Just tell her. Yeah, clearly he he feels he has to put up a front. Yeah, but. After that, hmm. we do see Howard at a desk, like, you know, totally new scene. Yes. Uh, talking to a PI. And the PI is kind of like laying out Saul's, like, day, his yep. week, basically. Um, and this is why I'm wondering if he's actually, quote unquote, at work or if he's just, like, there, but none of his normal meetings and stuff are happening. Uh, Howard, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's it, meeting it's with his, in his PI. office. Yeah. yeah. Um, but not. Mm-hmm. The PI is basically like nothing weirds happening except this one thing where he goes and gets like twenty thousand dollars from somebody, <laughs> yeah. and he he's like, "I'm not a lawyer, but is there any reason that he would need that much money in like normal business operation?" And if mm-hmm. you see my air like quotes there like oh yeah the the subtitle was no legitimate reason and it was there was no spaces at all and it just really really, it says it's like it looks really funny on the page when you like do that with no spaces (laughs) or anything Uh uh-huh um 
So that's where that no legitimate reason quote ah. thing comes from. But I mean, I think that's basically it. It's just telling us that, you know, uh, Howard's been got a PI on Saul. And yeah. uh, I think that's part of the plan for Saul. Uh, and, you mean him being seen withdrawing the money as part of the plan? Yes. Like, I think that PI, because we see later at the end of the episode, Saul has the pictures of that guy. The, the judge? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I I would have to go back and watch the episode again, but I think mm-hmm. that's the same picture that he sees, like uh, him handing off the money to. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um. And and this brings up a point from later on in the episode, but we finally are starting to see what the scheme is, and it they basically are staging him bribing, um the judge yeah and well, i don't know if those pictures were were the ones in question because i was i was kind of wondering if they were gonna have jimmy um dress up as howard like he did to steal his car mm. and have his back turned and just through the suit and like the hair and all that like basically pin it that howard is the one bribing the judge and the judge, which we talked about uh, in a previous episode, um, we were just kind of wondering, like, where is where does this judge actually come in? And I, <laughs> we are uh, skipping the fact that oh, this judge is is the basically the arbiter of this class action with Sam Piper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at those pictures to like fully, like kind of I, I didn't like commit those pictures to memory i just kind of like was like yeah oh yeah howard's got a pi on him and yeah. he's trying to catch him doing stuff so like i didn't really pay that much attention to the pictures but mm-hmm. i bet that would be a good thing to watch for like going back yeah um yeah i think as we'll talk about i i think what the plan is is coming into picture uh which involves the next scene with the vet Mm-hmm. Yep. So we get that get... vet again and I mean I guess the two things that really come of this scene are the vet is tired of like helping criminals. Uh yeah. And he basically mentions his little black book and he lets Saul look at it and sees that it's all in code. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, I'm not gonna put my actual clients' names in like <laughs> English or whatever. Yeah. But the other part of it is there's mm-hmm. a business card for yes. What is it? Better quality vacuums or best quality vacuums? Best quality vacuum. Yeah. Um, which I think is a fun it's... little like. Oh, this is where he... Saul first like finds out about this. Yeah. So. And I think it's going to play into his gene timeline because he, in the gene timeline, he called the best quality vacuum guy. He did in the gene timeline. Yeah. Is that after he was made by the cab driver or? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. He was, he was about to, to disappear again. And then mm-hmm. he goes, you know what? I'm going to handle it myself and hangs up. And I think that's the last time we saw Gene. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Which as a side note, rest in peace to, uh, 
the actor I can't recall his name, but yeah, they they filmed that scene with him while they were filming El Camino. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were they just lined up their shooting schedule and were like, hey, can we shoot this thing for Better Call Saul real quick? Mm-hmm. And then he passed away like the day El Camino came out. Oh, is that that close? That's yeah, like not very cool. <laughs> no, but anyway, um. Yeah, the vet is like as you said, kind of tired of being a fixer, uh, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, uh, there's always a guy for everything. He started being right. one of the one of the guys. Yeah. Um, but they do reveal uh, a a piece of their plan, basically saying, you know, how long is this is what he injected Jimmy uh, with going to last, mm-hmm. and basically revealing that this is meant to mimic or make someone think that someone is, is using cocaine. Yeah. And we see a fun shot of them staring into a mirror with Bob Odenkirk's eyes, like super dilated. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Like, Whoa, which I'll have to listen to the, the insider podcast to see if like, that's a visual effect. I'm assuming. I yeah. Think they actually I actually dilated so. his eyes. But I mean, whenever you go to the doctor, the eye doctor or whatever, they, can put those yeah. drops in that dilate your eyes. So, like, I imagine it could just be that too. Yeah. And but, the vet also asked, um, you know, is this per like is the guy the same build, the same size as right. as Jimmy? Um, which it's coming becoming clear that this is intended uh, to somehow be injected to into Howard. Yeah, and I'm like injected that. How are they going to do that? <laughs> it seems devious, you know, like, yeah, it's one thing to like put something in someone's drink or something like that, but to like get him to get injected with it. Uh, yeah. How do you do that without him noticing and be right. like, what the hell? <laughs> and then not kind of like freak out. Right. And, and like, ass- assumedly like Cliff Maine is going to be like, Yo, your eyes are dilated, you crazy motherfucker! And he'll just be like, "No, they sh- they stabbed me." Right, right. <laughs> like <laughs> further which, digging I mean, his hole. Yeah, it could work in their favor of just being like, "What are you talking about?" Like they play it off as like, "What are you talking about? You're so crazy. You're definitely on drugs. Look at him on drugs." Right, but like I think it's gonna come into play of him accusing. Or, or, like, the pictures are going to be revealed of him, quote-unquote, bribing the judge. And now he's going to try to deny it, but he's going to clearly look like he's, you know, sweaty and high and yeah, raving. But I think that's the plan. However, I don't think that that is how it's going to go down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing in this show ever goes, like, quite according to plan. Yeah. So, like, something always gets twisted and spins out of control a little bit, so... Which we'll, we'll talk about here in a moment. Um, the next scene, if you're mm-hmm. ready to, yeah. to skedaddle along to it, uh, is Kim in a courtroom uh, arguing uh, for one of her uh, defendants uh, in the public defender uh, realm. realm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm struggling with my words today, clearly. Um, but they make a, a point to zoom in on the Albuquerque isotopes um, hanger. Like, uh, what's, what's, what it was would a it be baseball called? hat logo. No. What the logo was, was the thing you hang from your rear view mirror. Oh, right, right. Yeah. But, uh, sorry. Earlier in the season, we saw yes. Bob Odenkirk with an isotopes hat. 
And I believe that's also something that's been around for a little bit in the Breaking Bad universe. Well, it's the same hanging thing that the cab driver who recognizes him in the Gene oh. timeline. Because I remember he get he goes to the ho- leaves the hospital and gets in the cab and he sees it and that's how he knows like oh this guy's from Albuquerque I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta get out of the car. Interesting. That's but, something that I did not remember. Yeah, they they've been laying this trail for a while, as they are so good at doing. Yeah. But yeah, um, they're, or they, uh, Kim is arguing her for her defendant, and uh, it's a you know classic uh, police officer is profiling someone mm-hmm. and or, you know wrongfully arresting them or searching their cars or giving them a ticket based off of that hang tag, distracting, uh, obstructing the view of the driver or something like right. that. Right, and then Kim's like. I looked in the parking lot today, and like a third of the cars have something hanging, including so. yours, Judge. Yeah, which is a bold thing to say, right? But um, yeah, as as that's happening, uh, Cliff Maine is, <laughs> and I like your your. your <laughs> I don't know how he spells his name. <laughs> yeah, your note is like either like the state or like, <laughs> come on, Maine. <laughs> no, that's like a like a lion's mane. Yeah, that too. However you want to. Do. Yeah. But after that, uh, he pulls her aside outside the uh, court, or not the courthouse, but the uh, judge. The courtroom? That's the that's the word, the courtroom. Uh, <laughs> and basically, he tries to recruit her for this, like, Jackson Mercer Foundation, but out here in the West, basically. Uh, I don't remember exactly what, basically a force for good. And it's like would be a huge kind of boon for her career. Yeah, it seems like it's the East Coast only thing, and they're saying like, "Hey, we're going to think about bringing it, and you you're going to be the point person, yeah, like, if you want to be or something." Yeah. And she's super excited, mm-hmm. and goes to tell Jimmy at his new office. Yep. And we get the first look of like the redecorated office and. Kim comments on it. It's like, oh, it looks really good in here. And like, mm-hmm. her and Francesca kind of have a moment to catch up. So, I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but this whole scene made me feel so bad for Francesca. Right? Like, because you, you know where it's going. Yeah. And she's trying so hard. She puts so much work into like making it like this really nice office. Yeah. Because like, it, looks, it looks way nicer and better than when we see it in breaking bad right like it's it's still like kitschy i guess um but it's like homey and she's she's put a lot of thought into it and is very happy to see kim and is just trying to be just a a, you know a good sweet person Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and uh you know i did notice though like i was kind of interested to see before this scene if the decorating would be just straight up immediately what we see in Breaking Bad, so it's interesting that it isn't. I had a feeling we wouldn't just because of the, like, uh, whatever Saul said to her. He's like, you've got full reign on decorating or whatever. I was like, she's probably going to, like, yeah, it's probably going to be better than what we saw in Breaking Bad, but right. I didn't expect it to be so, like, like, Modern cottage core, if you will. <laughs> 2005 cottage core. Right. Which is interesting that 
you know, I wonder if that lines up with the timeline correctly, but yeah, in terms of like trends, but yeah, it does seem pretty modern by today's standards, even like some of the, like the gray and the color schemes and stuff. I've been looking yeah. at a lot of decorating things because of because you're like, move? moving, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it it looks like it would fit in with like a house nowadays, so. Yeah. But uh, we then see, uh, as Kim goes into the, the actual office, that mm-hmm. Jimmy is in the midst of uh, a photo shoot. Yep. With the film school kids. Like, <laughs> which is just, whenever they show up, you know, I love it. the scheme Every is time. on. Every yeah. time, because they're like, that one kid with the glasses always has an attitude. <laughs> yeah. And this time his attitude is like, put it together with like some like film knowledge or whatever because he's like it doesn't really matter what it is because it's going to be an action shot we'll put a little blur on it and like mm-hmm. you're like oh he is learning something at his <laughs> I community feel like college it, i feel like it was a community college yeah <laughs> like you know he's getting some value out of that good for him which props to them like not only always having the same actors and i imagine this is one of those cases where the actors are local Albuquerque actors. Yeah. Um, same with the lawyer in the courthouse that uh, always talks to Jimmy. Yeah. He, I know that for a fact he's, he's just a local Albuquerque actor who mm-hmm. got the role. So I, I'm guessing it's the same with them. But props to them for more or less looking the same yeah. over the course of it's been like six, nine years if you factor in COVID. Like the break. Oh wow! Yeah, like eight or nine years or something like that. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I will say they definitely or is don't... it seven years because it started in 2015. But either way, I I will say they felt like they didn't look different necessarily, but they definitely felt older to me. Yeah, like you know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like you see like a high school kid and you're like. Oh, that's a high school kid. But then you see right. like a college age kid and you're like, that is probably like a college age kid, but you can't quite pin it down. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that <laughs> happening, but like it wasn't like, oh, these are not like No, like yeah. you see uh, a few uh lines on the face coming in. <laughs> yeah. Like as people get older and you're like, You're supposed to be in college still. You know? Yeah. But I mean uh, this show has least... a ton of that if we want to go back to our conversation yes. about John Carlo and Right. Uh, sorry, not John Carlo. <laughs> yeah, Esposito is that Gon Carlo or John Carlo? I don't know how to say it. Yeah, yeah. He, like, I, I'm happy that they're not doing anything to his face or like trying yeah. to like de-age him or anything like that. Really, mm-hmm. but like at the same time, if you go, if you watch this as like Better Call Saul into like into Breaking Bad, everyone yeah. is suddenly younger. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I think whatever. it's fine. Yeah. I'd rather they do that than try and go the the Star Wars route of like deep faking someone's face or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um but anyway, <laughs> on on that note of of John Carlo, he is the director of this episode as well. Yeah, I didn't know that until literally this morning I was looking at something about the episode and I mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was had been the director. Yeah. Um so yeah, we we just to to keep things back to the uh, students. Uh, it's clear that they're, like I mentioned before, their scheme is going to involve fake pictures with a fake judge. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Kim, you know, takes her outside, takes Jimmy outside of that room to basically tell him her good news. Mm-hmm. And they have this moment of like pure happiness where he's like pure happy, purely happy for her. Yeah. And the way it's done, I kind of, I, th- I have this feeling that this is going to be like the last time that, that they're happy. Like, I can I see everything's that. just going to go downhill from here. Yeah. Like the final kind of like crescendo of happiness that the climax of happy, if you will, that which just sounds like a sex thing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, their climax as a couple. Yes. Uh, is in this episode and it, somehow <laughs> it's rated TV 14. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess the big thing to come out of that also is that, the lunch thing that Clifford Maine was talking about is on the same day as their quote unquote D Day. Yes. The day that their plan is gonna to come together, they refer to as D Day. D Day. Yeah. Um Yeah, I guess I mean I don't really have much more to say about that scene other than like <laughs> Well the die has been cast and we have to like see what happens. Yeah, I mean Jimmy does make a point of like Hey, I, you know, Eisenhower didn't actually have to be at Omaha Beach. You right. Know? Yeah. So basically saying, like, it's okay, Kim, you can go to your thing and we'll make it work. We'll make it work. We've set up all, all of our pieces. Yeah. Um, which, as we'll see, uh, isn't, ends up not being the case. But uh, And then we transition all of a sudden to what could be the Pacific Northwest, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, uh, when I first Germany. saw it, yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, I immediately knew it was Germany because there was like a little sign along the road. And I was like, you're not getting me this time. Better call Saul. <laughs> and then we see a BMW driving up to this yeah. like dirt road. And uh, we got our wood chopper guy. Those cars are only in Germany. Right. No, <laughs> no other place in the world can you find a BMW than Germany. Yeah. Uh, but guy's chopping wood and he kind of like, Here's something going on. He's like, "What is going on?" And then okay. uh, we see a man walking towards him through some trees, and that's none other than Eduardo Salamanca. Yes, otherwise I'm glad known you picked as up my sentence, Lalo. <laughs> yes, uh, and they, he's like speaking in German to him. Mm-hmm. Like Lalo says something in German, just kind of like he says uh, "Guten Tag." Yeah, and then, and then the guy like, starts I- speaking in German. And he's like, I don't speak German, dude. <laughs> and so basically he's like, he says he's like looking for somebody, right? Um, or... I think he is like, I just want to talk. And then immediately the guy is like, why are you here? Who are you? And yeah. starts running. Yeah. Well, I think he grabs the axe and then Lalo like pulls his gun. If I remember correctly. Yeah. I have to double check the exact like series of events, but basically running happens and the gun is pulled and yeah, the guy escapes into a like barn of sorts. <laughs> what was that? A barn of sorts. <laughs> it's kind of like a yarn. Hey, what a web uh, of yarn they're spinning in this scene. Yeah, that, didn't, that I, wasn't like that. I guess. I guess they did that, didn't they? That's <laughs> what this whole show's about. <laughs> it it does lead to probably my favorite scene of the episode. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Lala being get... a straight up terrifying dude. Yeah, like, and 
this uh, is the first time in the show, I think, that I feel like he is truly on his like back foot. Because even when the assassination attempt was happening, I felt like he was super in control. Like he yeah. he was keeping cool, and but he was like, "Oh shit! Like I gotta do something. Like I I've got this," you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the first time, you know, he gets hit with the butt end of the axe, right in the gut. Yep. And he is like, kind of like, air quotes, struggling. Which with... was a very convincing struggle. Yeah. Uh, at first, I thought it was like, I was like, oh shit, did he just get axed right in the gut? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I mean, we sort just saw, of. But... We saw how he dies now. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, that puts things like, in a wildly mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. Uh, place if he's dead. Like, no. if he actually dies after all this time of people, like, worrying about him being <laughs> right. dead, and he's not Pe- dead, and then... People would be so mad if that was the way he went. It was just, yeah. like, this random scene in Germany. Um... Yeah. But, basically, he gets on the... The guy... <laughs> what He talks about the... Uh, what was that? Like, ruler caliper thing? Or whatever? Yeah. Through... He's like, mm-hmm. I got this... I found this, like, business card, basically, for this business where I guess he technically is or, you um, know. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was that or if it was the shot that they got the thing, the memento made. Right. You know? um, but either way, it's a something to inform that dude that that's how he knew about it. Yeah, you know? like through his struggling to, to breathe, he, like he gets out, I'm Eduardo Salamanca, you know, and he, he, I found you through Werner's wife and he's mm-hmm. like what'd you do to her and he's like no nothing I you know yeah I saw a memento you gave them and and asks er, tries to get him to look at the card yeah to bring him in closer which <laughs> which leads to your great note here the classic <laughs> razor blade business card yep <laughs> get some <laughs> get some with the razor blade yeah uh and then he gets him with the razor blade and then just like fucking chops at his ankle <laughs> with the axe like and, he, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he gives him his belt and he's like, like, tie it off. Yeah, a tourniquet that, and uh, I gotta have a conversation with you. <laughs> I, I I thought this scene was notable because for all of what we've, what's been implied about how ruthless he can be, it's mostly shown off screen or not shown. It's off screen. Like, yeah, you know, and seeing him like just straight up, just not even hesitate. And the way the music was done, I was like, I remember when I watched it live, I was like, holy fuck. Oh right. my god. This, so he's going to be, I think, a really good, like, last season villain when he comes back into the picture. In I mean, he's been a great villain since he showed up. But, like, in the sense of, they're kind of, like, merging into a feeling of, of Breaking Bad at times. And I feel, and, and so far, there haven't really been too many moments where I felt the same way I felt in the last season of Breaking Bad. Yeah. And that was like the moment where I was like, oh, I think it's, I think shit's going to get real nuts, you know, in that same way. Yeah. And I'm also wondering too, if because of that scene in Breaking Bad, when uh, he's like, Lalo, Ignacio, did they send you? Mm -hmm. Uh, If any of that is going to have anything to do with Saul, if it's just going to be between like Mike and, you know, uh, Gus. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I kind of wonder if everything. Well, I think it's, on one hand, they could go the route of keeping Lalo completely separate from 
Jimmy and Kim. And that's why, and that's why he doesn't know if Lalo sent them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but at this stage he doesn't know that he's alive yet. Right. Yeah. That's Um, the thing is like, I, now that like talking through it a little bit, I was like, yeah, eventually Kim will just tell him and then they'll be worried about it. Right. But I think it would actually be wilder to like Kim or Kim never tells Jimmy. Yeah. And then Lalo is just like, Hey guys, I'm super charismatic. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Jimmy's going to have an oh fuck moment. Yeah. And And also a how could you not tell me moment. I'm wondering if that might be another wrench that gets pulled at the end of the D-Day episode, basically. Yeah. Because that would be like a good like cliffhanger of like Tony Dalton's just like, yo, what's up? And then Mm -hmm. you get a shot of Saul being like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) You might be wondering how I got here. <laughs> like, yeah. Record scratch. Um, yeah. I actually did read somewhere that, and maybe they say this on the, the Insider podcast, but they found out that AMC wanted to split up the season after they'd already shot it and, and set everything up. Okay. So this was not shot with the intent of it being a mid-season finale. But okay. it almost works perfectly because it it's where the D-Day event happens, and then that's the last episode before they break, which just was happenstance. Yeah, and I mean, I'm basically going off of, like, things I've heard from you. Mm-hmm. Basically, that there's going to be, like, a, a potentially, like a, like, a cliffhanger here, and then, like, a time jump, or, or like, some... That's just me speculating. I mean... Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if you had read something, or... No. But it, it makes perfect sense if that is the case and it'd be like a very i don't know like good thing for them like a good place to split it up and have that happen but like if it was already written and shot like it's weird that that happens that way yeah i mean at least it's only a a six week you know wait which yeah i just mean more from like the storytelling perspective of like having the wherewithal to be like yeah we're gonna have this big break from like this big time jump or whatever mm-hmm. it is and then ass- assumedly the rest of the show is going to take place in the gene timeline or like whatever it is i think and this might be getting to our predictions a little early but i, I it, more and more as we see where the season stands and how many episodes we have left and and still what there is left to resolve i think there will be a time skip to like the breaking bad timeline soon and then after that will be a a gene timeline episode probably the finale i don't know i'm as each episode happens i'm less and less uh inclined to believe that the series ends with like you know walt walking into into his office or anything like that oh i threw that out like i feel like before this season even happened like Mm. it's like that'd be i think we've talked about it before like Mm. when this show started it was like oh that's where it's gonna end because that like right is like a perfect like tie like a bow tie ending of like (laughs) here's the prequel that leads right to the point in the main series where like everybody like the paths cross but that would also be very unfulfilling like in terms of like a finale it's just like and then he walks in. Well, that's it. <laughs> I think for me, it was always kind of like that Marvel, like after credits scene type mm-hmm. of deal where it's mm-hmm. like the big conclusion happens. Separate. Saul sits down at mm-hmm. his desk and is like, big sigh, you know, and then mm-hmm. 
the door opens and it's Walt. Yeah. You know. But... Coming in to blow everything up. Right. <laughs> okay, well, but our next... Speaking of that... What? Walt lock, walking into the office, that's where our next scene takes place. In the office. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. involving Walt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we... Uh, see uh i was gonna say we see walt in the office if only uh we see saul in the office with a client uh basically kind of being like yeah we'll take care of you whatever you know just sign here sign here and francesca walks in and saul is like did you make that phone call and she's like no mm-hmm. and then they go out into the law library <laughs> which, which is, is the alley, the alley. Which I was a little disappointed. I wanted them to go into like show this office, uh-huh. and then they're like, "Let's go into the law library," and then we see the office from Better Call Saul. Oh. Or, uh, sorry, from Breaking Bad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it, that was originally used for something else for yeah, the law library. Yeah, yeah. that would have been interesting. Yeah, but it would have been like a dumb little gag of just yeah. whatever. But, uh, but basically, Francesca then calls. The Sandpiper, well, they call it HHM, I guess, right? Yeah. Or and, and basically saying that her mom is one of the people with the Sandpiper case, and mm. they want to get in on the phone call that they lost all the information for it to, uh, you know, give that information out again. Well, and, and now as we talk about what the scheme possibly is, I think D Day is the date of the call. Like that's going to happen. And that's why right. when they have uh, their dinner, uh, they're toasting outside of what you can clearly see is the conference room at HHM. Right. Um, but yeah, one interesting thing I wanted to note about the scene um, with Francesca is it's like now you're you're getting to see how Jimmy could get to the point where he treats her the way that he does in Breaking Bad. Where yes. he like is very much like, I'm the lawyer, you're not, like, just trust me on this, and, like, I think, uh, I can't remember what they say as they're walking back in, but then Francesca's like, or, or no, they they walk back in and they see the client that he was talking to previously pissing into, into like, a, a fountain, fountain thing, yeah. and he starts to turn around, he's like, no, no, okay, no, no finish, 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 and then he's like, Francesca, clean up on aisle five, and she's like, you clean it up, Yeah, like, you can start to see he's already treating her like shit. Yeah. Um, which further makes me feel so bad for her. Uh, yeah. I think she's going to be one of those. I think she and Howard are going to be end up being tragic uh, characters in some way. I feel like that's going to be everybody at the end of this show. Yeah. In, in some capacity. but. <laughs> and I do like your note here. Ah, uh, oh, sweet, sweet relief. relief. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anything else on this? I think I think that's all I got for that scene. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that brings us to the next scene with Mike going to the laundromat. Yeah, uh, he visits the laundromat briefly, and I want to say just goes in and talks to um, Tyrus. And Tyrus is saying like, "Hey, you know, why did you pull two guys off of?" Uh, watching your house and he and mike's basically like well i've only been there like for an hour in the past two weeks yeah and we're, he alludes we're stretched really thin which kind of you know 
plays into why they bring Jesse and then during Breaking Bad to help them out, you know, if they're still stretched thin in those years. Right. Um, but he, he talks to Tyrus and Tyrus is saying like, you know, why didn't you pull the guys off of Alameda street? Uh, and he's like, no, that street has to stay observed. Yeah. And they say, they say something about it being a long shot. Like, I assume like that... why would Lala go there? Yeah. Right. Um, but we see why he wants to have people on Alameda Street mm-hmm. because that's where his granddaughter is. Yep. And, and his daughter-in-law. Yeah. But I think I don't think he cares so much about her. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think he I does. Mean, he he's got a huge connection to his granddaughter because mm-hmm. you know the whole like first two seasons or so just kind of like giving you like a clearer picture of why and his Uh, dirty cop son but like not dirty cop son not dirty cop son like just like everything that went down with all of that stuff so yeah he does say he was like when talking to uh the daughter-in-law he says that he's in chattanooga and i'm like i wonder what mike would be doing in chattanooga like i honestly think there's no I don't illusion. think so either. It's just like he just gave her a random place to explain why he's not at home. Right. Yeah. But I'm trying to think like Mike does some outdooring well, stuff in Chattanooga. I don't know what he would or, do. Or because like at this point he's fake working for Madrigal as like a security consultant, right? Because he had that whole series where he like went around to the offices and showed how easy it was to right to get in. So like maybe he's like, oh, I'm just doing something for them in Chattanooga. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, he does say something about being like well compensated or something like that. Yes, they're they're paying me well. Yeah. Um, and uh, he gets a, a little chat with his granddaughter, uh, who's eternally <laughs> eight years old or whatever. Yeah. I still am confused about how all that works or like what the timeline is supposed to be because there's still three years until Breaking Bad, but then in Breaking Bad, she's still like a little girl. But at this point, you just kind of like, maybe she was supposed to be younger here. Oh, I'm getting a phone call, which I am going to answer later. Nice. Um, Tell them we're doing a podcast. You should have answered it on the podcast. That would have been fun. Nah, it'd be my mom just going, oh, sorry, oh, okay, I'll call you back. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, so. Um, but yeah, we, we get that last, you know, moment with uh, his granddaughter. And we then, uh, I think, cut to when Jimmy and Kim are having their picnic outside of the of the the meeting room at HHM. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I guess they were in, they were, doing something did we is that when they were looking at the hmm. uh they were first the shot started with them in their house and they look at their board right yeah and i will say when the, we we get a clear shot of the board for the first time mm-hmm. in this scene but we got another like wide shot that the board happened to be in and i thought it had a, a t2 on it <laughs> <laughs> which you know as we discussed previously one of the best action films ever yes of course and one of the so best I, films ever in general agree agree but yeah i just i 
literally wrote that in the notes and then like when we get the clear shot of the screen it was like oh that's not t2 <laughs> so <laughs> yeah but yeah but jimmy goes you know want to go out and she's like where and he goes omaha beach right and that is outside the hhm boardroom yeah. or conference room or whatever the location of d-day yeah <laughs> and yep. they're uh toasting to what they think is gonna a plan that's going to go off perfectly, but as Without we see, hitch. but as we see in the next uh, scene, the next day, um, everything kind of goes awry. Uh, Jimmy is out purchasing that expensive tequila, mm-hmm. uh, presumably to celebrate. Right. Uh, and in line at the liquor store, just happens to be behind the judge, the real judge, and mm-hmm. sees that he has a cast, a broken arm. Yep. And. and I don't know. It took me a second to kind of like realize what was happening, but he left the bottle of tequila there. I don't know if he did. Yeah. Because in my head, there was that the first episode we saw the, like the topper mm-hmm. for this tequila. Mm-hmm. And they even mentioned it when he was buying, like he's picking it up from the person that like, so be sharp. careful. It's sharp, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm wondering if that will... I'm like, at this point, I'm like, oh, there's going to be two of these in play, and like the one that we see is like not the one or something, and... I don't know, nope. I think... No, I think he he never gets a chance to go back and, and buy yeah, it, because I everything's going to go downhill, yeah. Yeah. Um, And we, we get to kind of the last parts of the episode, where he frantically calls Kim... Uh, and again, one of the first times in this series where I felt like it's getting to the same feeling of the end of Breaking Bad, where like shit's falling apart, mm-hmm. and the characters are are realizing it now. And yeah, um, when he calls Kim, basically he he tries to get her to bail and be like, "We lived to fight another day. It's okay. Yeah, we'll figure it out." As she's driving to her her summit <laughs> uh, for the Jackson Mercer Foundation. Yeah, uh, and. She decides, no, I'm going to pull a U-turn and go down the bad choice road. And what does she say? Uh, She says, no, it happens today. Right. Which I was just like, yes, this is (laughs) this is the Breaking Bad, the Kim that has broken bad. This is the moment where it all falls apart. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that that could be the wedge, right? Where Kim has committed to like... Saul, Goodman, mm-hmm. R- Jimmy, like this scheming lifestyle rather than trying kind of to going straight, if you will. Because yeah. for a while she had one foot in both ponds, if right. you will. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it is interesting that Jimmy is the one to try and you know be sensible. Right. And in the past, he would always be able to kind of um, not control her at all but like control that any of the control that side of his life and those schemes and like look out for her best interests uh for her goals and he's kind of like taking his eye off the ball and she's digging herself further and further yeah it's gonna be super juicy i think you know to see what exactly like which path they actually take with it like yeah if she's like I, I could honestly see it going either way of her being 
still super into the idea of this like i've broken bad and like we're gonna keep scheming and saul is the one that kind of like steps back from the cliff and says no way like this has gone too far mm-hmm. or for her to be the one that does like the huge 180 when saul finally like commits to doing yeah it, you know so yeah um i think it's <laughs> well I was what I was gonna say is this kind of brings me back to my actual like full prediction. I kind of was hinting at things, but I wanted to save it for uh, the end of the episode here. Okay, is in our prediction segment. Yeah, you know that's the breaking news um, noise. Um, I think as we mentioned, they have a certain way they want that plan to go down, right? Which is mm-hmm. have some type of staged photos involving the money and the fake judge, and having Howard looking like he's high uh at this meeting right yeah where i'm assuming like i said it's gonna involve them making it seem like howard is bribing though i couldn't remember if the pictures that jimmy looks at when he's freaking out about the cast are of him and not howard like fake howard right um so that's their plan right but i think the surprise the twist is going to be that when Howard said clear my week, he's been he's been on to them more than what we've seen. And so I wonder if like he had a part in in making sure the judge was was there at the liquor store so that they would see that they are going to fuck up and that's going to then cause them to slip up and by trying to fix it, they're going to reveal their their hand. I was going to say do you th- yeah, so I have two things. I think the PI is working for both of them <laughs> individually. I think. Wait, really? The, yeah, because they, they're basically like kind of the same pictures. Yeah. So that so they're very similar styles. They know? are. I I did notice that. And yeah. here's the other thing: is the photo shoot that they're doing is presumably happening in that office, right? And it's not happening like outside that office because like you would think they'd be setting up their shoot like outside yeah so the pictures we see i believe are from like like through glass and stuff like that so well they're 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 very similar to the ones that howard was being shown exactly and why would jimmy have the same type of photo right right so i think that's there's a connection with that pi in some capacity there and then also Mm -hmm. do you think do you think that Howard has enough like pull with this judge to be like, I need uh, you to be here to buy this bottle of tequila or like uh, or buy Jimmy's something. Gonna, yeah. I know Jimmy's going to buy this tequila or, or whatever it is. I know Jimmy's going to be in a liquor store. Will you put this like fake know. cast on to like throw them off or whatever? Like, yeah. Do you think we see like this Howard scheme? <laughs> Right. That's kind of what I wonder is like, would he even like, he's so straight laced that mm-hmm. like, is that be beneath him to like scheme in that way? Or is it just like, Oh no, we just haven't seen the side of him yet. And like, it's going to be revealed that like, no, he's, he's got the chops to stand toe to toe with Jimmy. Yeah. Like, Kim. is it a fire with fire type of situation where it's like, yeah. this isn't something he would normally do, but he knows he's Jimmy so far. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will see. <laughs> yeah, I, I like this left 
such is like such a good good cliffhanger i think like of i know I, I wish i almost wish that this was done slightly differently and this was the season break finale or whatever they call it uh, i know because that would be like leaving things on like such a like a good <sighs> cliffhanger and like I'm sure next week's episode is also going to do a similar thing where, you know, it leaves us in a really yeah. good place, but like gives us kind of a lot of satisfaction. So. Yeah. I think we'll see why they did it this way. Yeah, week. absolutely. Um, I have the full faith. In Vince and company. Vin and co. Vin, Vin co. <laughs> That's the second giant bomb reference on this podcast today. For those of you listening, Giant Bomb is a website about video games. And you can even visit it by going to videogames.com. Or or nuke.com. <laughs> or giantbomb.com. It's just a weird dumb thing that they've bought a bunch of domains that circle back to them. Yeah. So we should we should do something similar. Like like breaking we get breakingbad.com. I'm sure that's already taken. What about breakingbad.org? breakingbad.net breakingbad.biz .biz yeah <laughs> use one of those obscure yeah uh, tags but that brings us to the end of the episode yeah that was it and i think i just kind of said it but like i think that was a really good episode and i'm mm-hmm. super excited for the next one me too i'm going to be having just landed in el paso uh since I am now testing negative consistently, uh, good for those good. of you listening to last week's, I I had COVID again. Um, we'll see if that stays. I, I've heard that after people stop taking the antiviral, like when it, they finish the course, that it can like rebound a few days later. Oh, uh, so, something about like your immune system not getting a real good look at at it because it's su- suppressed so well so early. Mm. So we'll see. <laughs> But uh, I finished that on Monday, and uh, knock on wood, here we are on Wednesday, feeling fine. So Great. Anyway, um, yeah, I will be in El Paso uh, and trying to find a way again to stream it since the hotel doesn't have AMC. Yeah, and I'll be in Seattle. Yes, you will. Congratulations, by the way. I don't know if we talked about it before on here. Yeah, um, I'm podcasting in my office that after this i'm going to be deconstructing in some capacity Mm -hmm. which is why we're doing it uh early in the week yes that is one of the reasons that and it's my birthday so who doesn't want to podcast on their birthday it's my gift to you kyle oh shucks thank you sir (laughs) well i think uh that's gonna be it anyone who is listening unless you had something to say no i was gonna say that i mean that's that's the podcast uh i think uh, Unless you it, wanted to add anything else. But. I do. Um, if you are listening and you want to correct us or send us your thoughts or hate mail, uh, you can send emails to letters at lospodcasthermanos.com. Uh, don't think we've <laughs> yet received anything. Um, nope. We also have uh, Twitter uh, for the podcast called just Podcast Hermanos. Um, and it seems like you know, that's just our going to be our self-promotion tool for a while. Um, and then obviously, if you want to follow me, my personal account is at Tyler Dumont. Mm-hmm. And I'm at uh, The Los Kyle. Which is, is 
actually kind of perfect given that what we named this podcast. Yeah, and it, this is a name I've had well since before. <laughs> like junior high or something. No, I think it was high school, but yeah. It's, it's, it was my AIM screen name back in the day. It's, I will say, as far as like selections for your screen name go, it holds up over time. Yeah, I think so. It's just the, the Kyle. <laughs> yeah. So. Alrighty. Well, it was a pleasure chatting with you. And uh, anyone who's listening, thanks for listening. Uh, we out. Adios. Goodbye, all.